0: yo yo welcome to starbucks i'm your host anthony dinardo with me is not jim as always it is tyler once again subbing in for jim because jim doesn't work what's up tyler
1: actually jim is working that's why he can't work no no don't don't stick up for him unlike me who has to fly out of here and actually go to work after working same actually
0: but Thank you for showing up. Thank you for filling in. We still have a fantastic Starbucks for you today. Probably better than usual. Absolutely. Again, no gym. But, so today I figured, um, let's bring up a topic that you have, I think, dived into quite a bit this year when you want to. something that you've talked about that you want to see more of and essentially said, let's just skip minor leagues altogether. (laughs) You're tired of seeing them. We've been kind of seeing, I call it a youth movement, but it's not so much youth in the sense of It's just like fast-tracking prospects. Does that become a thing?
1: It seems like it, doesn't it? Um, It seems like it's really being led by the Angels right now. Obviously, with Zach Nato and um, Nolan, can't pronounce his last name, but essentially having like 15 plate appearances in the minors before being called up. Um, and it's not just there. We're starting to see some guys get aggressively pushed throughout the major leagues. I think yeah. something I want to see more of, to be honest. And it's just more as a viewer of a rebuilding team. Well, a team that's perpetually rebuilding I'm tired of waiting on them. So it's more of a selfish thing for me that I just want to see these guys get moved at a faster pace. And I do think As much as I go in on Ben Sherrington, I think that he actually has moved these guys relatively quickly, some of them, um, Mm -hmm. compared to Huntington. It doesn't seem like there's as many boxes they need to check in the minors. But it does seem like there's something going on in the in throughout baseball, with these prospects being pushed a a bit quicker than we used to see.
0: Yeah, I think... So, like, pretty much, what led this topic was yesterday. There was like this mass movement of prospects; mm-hmm. like, everyone got pushed up. The biggest news, maybe the biggest news for Pirates fans, was Dylan Cruz getting sent to Double A. Dylan Cruz was just drafted. We we know that draft that happened, right? Pirates take Paul Skeens. Washington takes Dylan Cruz. Cruz has been playing fantastic, albeit. I mean, it's been low levels. You expect that, but. Yesterday it was announced that Dylan Cruz going to double a just drafted. Now he's in double a to your point about Sherrington and seeing the pirates. I mean, Charrington has pretty much stated from day one that when prospects are in double a, they're pretty much, they're on the door. They're ready. Triple a isn't like a developmental league, right? So once they're hit double a pretty much like at almost any point, they're ready to step into MLB. well, Dylan Cruz is now in double-A. <laughs> could you potentially see him on the opening day roster next year? Like, that's actual real talk. If he's in double-A today and he finishes out the season, granted, it's not a ton of plate appearances there, but it could be well enough that if he's on opening day next year, again, this guy was just drafted this year. You talked about Zach Neto. He was drafted last year. And not that it was opening day, but it was like April 20th, I think around that, that he was promoted. You don't hear of guys getting drafted and being in the majors April the next season.
1: No. And I mean, we already have one from this draft class in the majors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about last draft class. Right. Again, Angels, the guy that was just drafted a month and a half ago (laughs) is in the majors today
1: and i i think part of it does have to do with this draft class was really good um but fair we're even seeing it from other draft classes i think we kind of expected like the skeens and the crews to be promoted relatively quickly but it's even the padres have an 18 year old in double a or 17 year old in double a right now yeah <laughs> There's something going on where these guys are getting moved a good bit quicker. And part of it might have to do with condensing the minor leagues a little bit. But I don't know that we've ever seen them get pushed as aggressively as they have been. Probably since like the 90s. So that was that's actually
0: what I'm going to lead it with. But I feel like most Pirates fans have no idea who Ethan Salas is. And like Cruz relates. But that was really the big news yesterday. Like That was the shocking thing. Ethan Salas is a catcher with the Padres. Mm -hmm. He's like 17 years old, whatever. International sign. Like 17-year-old catcher. Big deal. Top prospect. Big deal. The 17-year-old is now in double A. We're not talking about high A, which, by the way, when he got announced he was going to high A, which was eight games ago, (laughs) I was like, holy shit. (laughs) A 17-year-old in high A already. And they said, you know what? We're going to double A already. So like we're talking about right now already guys that are being drafted and pushed into the majors rather quickly, but on the same side, like you said, we're also seeing people being pushed to the minors relatively quickly like again this this kid's in double a already um like Dylan Cruz we talking saying, oh, he's already in double a Dylan Cruz is twenty one years old, right this kid's seventeen,
1: <laughs> right yeah, it's It's kind of exciting as a fan of a rebuilding team if the Pirates were to take this route a little more. Um, I mean, I think you can even look at Tamar and say he's been pushed relatively quickly compared to what we would have seen in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe five years ago, Tamar's still in just a ball hanging around. Um, And I think it's very possible he ends up in double A by the end of this. So I, I think there is a kind of a think tank of. GM's pushing these guys a little bit more aggressively. And I got to be honest, I like it. The less people that can screw these kids up, the better.
0: Yeah. No, I, again, like, like absolutely fair, you know, and I think they, to kind of bring this back to the Pirates, you know, I think it's fair to say that Charrington has also, it's, it's in a sense, weird who he picks and chooses to a degree. But I think, again, what's funny to me is Henry Davis, you can have an argument on either side. I think oh, yeah. all of us felt he needed to be pushed more than he was. Like, he was just mashing in double-A. What's he doing sitting there? But the same sense, you have an argument that he... I mean, he flew through the minors and went to the majors. Yeah. And in that same draft, Matt McLean, who was in the Reds, right? He was... Uh, I mean, he was up before, but, like, the Reds called up Matt McLean, that was also... It's not like, you know, unprecedented, but that was also like, hey, that's that's pretty quick. That was just a little over a year's time. And he went mm-hmm. through the minors or any of the majors, right? And right. obviously, McLean's like tearing it up for the Reds, which every one of the rookies are, rather. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like, he, a
1: look he, at Ellie. Ellie's 21. Yeah. He really wasn't projected but, to be in the majors till next year.
0: True. True. Yeah. Actually, uh, Noel Marte just got called up yesterday. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, uh, not yesterday, I guess a couple of days ago, but regardless, but, um, yeah, so back back like, to Henry Davis, you really can make the argument that, I mean, he, he flew through now a lot of it was injury. That's why like you look at games blade is a little bit different, but, uh, I mean, that was potentially quick. Yeah. I, he
1: probably went, he probably played the least amount of games in recent memory of a Pirates prospect and got to the majors. He was right. All things considered, he was moved relatively quickly. It's just the injuries held him back and kept him down a little longer than people would have probably liked. But at the end of the day, he really didn't get that many at-bats in the minors.
0: Correct. And now you're looking at a 1-1 overall pick in this draft that you stated was really relatively good. We already have a guy in the majors with Paul Skeens. 1-1 There's, I mean, the whole talk and story and ideas. If they're going to compete next year, you're going to do it with Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens is like as ready and probably like the second or third best pitcher on this team. If he was plugged in the rotation, you know, from the draft, like like all that talk happens, and and you and you look at this and you say like he could reach Triple A for his last start. It seems maybe he starts in the major in the minors next year too. But like he could be the You're also talking about, like, Paul Skeens could be that guy who is less than a year in the minors and with the majors also, and that's with the Pirates. Like, I think that's actually not insane to think about.
1: No, not at all. He's definitely on the Strasburg track right now. Uh, Really, and he's... Probably not the only one that's going to fly through the minors of that draft class either. He's very deservingly so, but I think we'll see some other guys do it as well. So I'm glad that he's on the Pirates and that it seems like he's going to be pushed relatively quickly. You hope, I think we all do, that he's on the opening day roster next year. Give me them draft pick picks, baby. Um, Either way, it seems like he's on a track to be up next year.
0: Agree. And to stay with the Pirates theme, you know, about we're talking about players getting potentially fast tracked. Like Anthony Salamander is 20 years old in double A, also. Like you talk about, as we mentioned, and this is coming from Sherrington himself, that when you reach double A, you're on the cusp of going to the majors. is 20 years old. I'm not saying he will, but there's also potential that next year
1: he could see the majors. Yeah, I think that's probably a 50-50 shot, to be honest. I agree. He's not on the schemes level of we want him up opening day, but I think there's an argument that June, July next year, you could see Solanito. Right.
0: I'm not advocating at this point. I'm not saying he needs to be or should, but I do think there is that potential. I know the innings. I mean, he's he's max. He had like what 48 last year. He's at like 94 this year. He's on the developmental list right now. I think they're monitoring his innings. So that could be part of maybe why you don't so much next year. But he's 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 20 years old. He's there. He's pitching not as well now as he was when he first came up with double A, but like overall for double A, he's, he's pitching rather well. There's potential you could see Salamito at 21 years old. And again, we are talking about the Pirates in Sherrington here. This isn't, oh, we'll see them in 10 years from now. This is, at home, this pattern you're also seeing. So, like, that's why I kind of want to talk about this, too, because it makes you kind of wonder also, like, why? Is this, like, the new, I mean, our GM's kind of looking and saying, you know, these kids, there's typically a learning curve for most prospects and majors anyways. so it's going to be the struggles. But, like, let's get the struggles out now so we have them young, and early and in their prime as often, like, as long as possible. And I think also, too, in the sense, like, if they're coming up at 23 and you give them an extension, it's into their 30s. come up at 21, you give them an extension, might be at 30. And now you have them cost control, rather cheap, and you have, like, none of those
1: worry years. Like, I wonder if there's some of that involved. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I also think there there almost has to be some sort of study out there where the number of at-bats they accumulate in the minor leagues doesn't really correlate to success in the major leagues somehow that we just haven't seen. The way that these teams are just throwing all that out the window all of a sudden, you almost have to wonder if there's been a deep dive into that and that there's not as much benefit to keeping them down as previously thought.
0: That's how I feel. Like, like again, if the Angels are like the case study, they're the ones that yeah. been super aggressive. But it's not just them, and you're seeing a little bit of around baseball. And again, like with Salas, seventeen year old double A, like for the Padres, like it makes me kind of wonder if that's the new, the new thing, right? Like that's what GMs are looking into. That, like you said, analytic wise, do they? Would you rather have the player up twenty one? still get that production, walk away from a
1: 29, 30. The other thought is I wonder if these teams are trying to line it up so that they can call some of these guys up in August and September. That way they can be there on opening day the next year to go after that draft pick. Like a Corbin That's Carroll a type. Point. That's a fair point because that that date was, what, Saturday? It, relatively. You have to have less than sixty days. So, actually, it was
0: when your boy Nolan Shanuel, Shanuel, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was supposed to say his last name. Yeah, the day that he came up, that was that was the day. You can call up a prospect, and they're still eligible for the next year for rookie of the year considerations. So, that could be it. Now they're getting their feet wet. They have their struggles now. Going to spring training,
1: opening day roster, draft pick. Granted, then you're making yourself a super two player and. The draft pick probably outweighs the extra couple million you got to pay. Yeah, if you have to pay it, right? Just extend them. Yeah, and
0: again, if you're calling them up that early, I guess maybe there's risk involved, right? I don't know if there's more risk. I guess potentially there is. But now you have a 21 year old. You're waiving 10 year, hundred million dollars to. too. It's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, 10 years, hundred million is nothing. for those cost controlled years yeah so it's probably a mixture of a little bit of everything the draft picks probably get thrown in as well i'm sure there's been a bunch of deep dives into it and like you said maybe it's just wanting to get them more in their prime yeah
0: yeah so like i'm real real interested i know you're excited for it like as Mm -hmm. the fan as like just the kids here and watch them play um but like, I, yeah, I'm fascinated. Like I think the Angels are like a case study right now. Like, I'm yeah. real interested in like, because Zach was actually, he's performed well. Yeah. I know he's injured yeah. right now, but he's
1: performed well. He's been fine. Like, he's held his own. Yeah. The, the bad thing is that the Angels just don't have the top guys to do it with. So they're doing it with kind of middle-of-the-road type of prospects. want to see it happen with more of a top guy.
0: Like, what if Dylan Cruz is in the majors at the end of
1: this year? That would be dope. Right. (laughs) That would probably be the guy. Yeah. Or Paul Skeens. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really, I'll be honest. I don't know that I really need to see Paul Skeens this year in the majors. I wouldn't hate it. I don't really know that it's necessary. I guess the only, I don't know. It's a deep dive. We don't need to get down right now.
0: We don't. I think it could absolutely happen if they wanted to probably to your, to your point of, there's a lot of people you could just not worry about on the 40 man right now oh, yeah. to have him eat up a spot. And that pretty much means he needs to be on opening day roster next year. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I want it. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be on it. You don't do that. If you're calling him up in June. <laughs> right. All right. But yeah. So again, like I think this is something to really, really start monitoring, seeing how it's going around baseball. Like, Again, we are very interested in the Angels, but the Mets, I'm sorry, the Mets, the Reds were kind of going this route. You see the Dodd. I'm all over the place, the Reds, the Padres, you know, and you can even talk about a little bit at home with the Pirates. So something to really, really monitor and, and watch out with baseball. Yep. Um, so, okay, next topic. Let's stick with prospects, though. Let's talk about the Pirates prospects. Let's go on the farm here. Um, you know, I know with Jim on, we typically like go personal level. We've kind of veered a little bit of that recently also because not every level's that interesting anymore. Like triple right. A and double A, especially when guys aren't performing, I'd rather talk about other players. So I don't know. I thought maybe we'll mix up a little bit.
1: Is there like any
0: prospect that you really, really want to talk about yourself this
1: week? I want to talk about not in particular. Because like you said, they're <laughs> all anybody that I really wanted to talk about now in the majors. Yeah. Um and I don't want to beat the Tamar rat or the Tamar train too much because I feel like I just want to talk about him all the time.
0: Let's let's talk about him because we haven't actually on this show talked too much about him recently because he was promoted, but he has struggled a little bit. There's been other prospects we want to talk about. So let's get back to Tamar because I do want to talk about him also. All right. Do you want to talk about
1: him? Or do you want me to talk about him?
0: I mean, I asked you first, and okay. you said you wanted to, and I agreed, and then like, yeah. okay, I'll put on to
1: talk then. No, but I think the encouraging part of tomorrow at this point is stay- seeing how that walk rate just still staying at an elite level. Um the bat ball skills aren't quite as advertised right now. i obviously he was like famously given a elite hit tool. We haven't really seen that at this point. The strikeout rates are kinda concerning, but they've gotten to a level I think where they're not like eye popping. They're still like red flags, but they're not the ones we're thinking oh boy. He might be in trouble. Like Nick Gonzalez. Yeah. They're still red flags. Um obviously he hasn't hidden IA really, at this point. It's encouraging to see the power that he's shown this year. Like I said, the walk rate. I think sometimes he gets susceptible to off-speed and breaking stuff. And that's just going to happen as a young hitter. Hopefully he can get that part sorted out and just stay on time with things. I think he gets way too much front foot right now. Aside from that, I'm still... Encouraged by Tramar. It is kind of annoying to watch some of the other guys that got drafted in his class just being pushed, push, push, and some in double A, some in triple A, and some in the majors. Rangers. And <laughs> hey, I wanted Tramar as well, so I'm not going to gripe about it. I really did want him. To this point, he's I think he's kind of been a disappointment, to be honest.
0: I agree. I agree with all that. I feel like it's not to that level, but there's like there's a there's some Nick Gonzalez to this which worries me. And as everything you mentioned, it's it's where the bat the ball skills was the thing that's advertised. When Nick Gonzalez got drafted, it was hey, here's a guy who could win a batting title. Like if there's anything about this kid, it's he will reach the majors and hit. Outside of that, we don't know what he's gonna be. He came in and said Oh, no, I, I, I swing for the fences. <laughs> I, I hit bombs, and I don't have a high average. And, and you're kind of wondering what happened here. I'll, I'll take it, right? I know there's injuries involved. And so, like, you, you excused a lot of this stuff for injuries because it seemed like, you know, also, he's a second-half player. It turned back on. The strikeouts were kind of alarming. And, like, with Tamar, it's, like, not to that level. But Tamar was the 70-grade hitter. Tomorrow was this is the best ball to contact, like the best skills we've seen in how long, especially as a high school kid. And the day he came in, you kind of saw like the same thing. It's oh, yeah, I don't I don't hit for average, I hit bombs. Now, I'll kind of take that. And for a kid his size hitting this type of power that he has blows my mind. (laughs) You know, like this is like Jose Altuve type stuff, right? Like how, how, how's he? Hitting, and it's like, it's not just like he's in a friendly ballpark and hitting home runs or scraping. Like, this guy's hitting some monsters right now. Yeah. So, like, I'll kind of take that. Like, the profile's is maybe a little bit different. And there's clearly production here. Um, the strikeout rate is a little bit high now with this promotion has calmed down a little bit. The walk rate still there. So, like, it's not like I'm worried about Tamar as a prospect by any means. I'm kind of worried of what happens to these type of players that the Pirates bring in mm. that don't hit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that that's a good point. Um, we have seen some guys with elite contact race just turn into three true outcome type of guys. Yeah. So that is a good point. I don't know if there's something in the minor league system that the Pirates are teaching that's not very conducive to being a good contact hitter. But to your point, his swing's very explosive the amount of power he's able to generate out of a five foot two body is quite impressive, right? It's just that I don't, I think we were hoping for a 300 hitter with just a lead offensive numbers that really plays maybe a below average second base because he's a little bit chubby. (laughs) Instead, we're, we're looking at a guy that's probably, you know, a lower average guy with, 25 home run potential. And again, you'll take that. Yeah. It's
0: just, th- this is a completely different profile than what you're expecting.
1: Yeah. There's but a that's long all.
0: way to go. There is. Absolutely. But what I'll say is, you know, again, like he went to, uh, he went to Greensboro kind of struggled initially, but he's definitely caught fire. And it's been what now four. we had back to back to back games with home runs. So it's been four home runs now in his past seven games. Um, yeah, like, I mean, he's, he's certainly still producing right now. Um, the walk rate's still there. The strikeouts, like I said, they've calmed down a little bit. Like first four games, he was striking out qu- quite a bit. Right. And then now it's been, like, normal. It's been okay, which, you you know, you're comfortable with. Um, but, yeah, Tamar's still still doing it. That power is just, man, it's it's eye-popping. It really is. Like And he got hit on the hand, was on the ground
1: basically in tears, and came back and hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, I, the power's been there really since uh, probably a month into this year. It just turned on out of nowhere. Well, he, he struggled really, really hard at the beginning of the year series yeah. overall everything. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he just started hitting nukes everywhere. Yes. So absolute nukes. Yeah. At this point, he's still productive, so I think you take it without the without the absurdly high strikeout rates. If they start to creep back up there, I think that's when the alarm bells start to sound.
0: Yep. I'm interested. I mean, obviously, it looks like he's going to be potentially, I mean, in Altoona next year. So, like, to me, that's where I really, really, I'm interested in what next year tomorrow Johnson looks like. In double-A, how prepared he is. And again, we're talking about fast-track prospects. Yeah. Like, is the next step for him after? Like, is tomorrow in the majors next year, potentially? think he's still a little bit away probably but if again if he, this is not, this is what i'm like i'm looking into now
1: yeah so if he were to just tear the cover off the ball next year i think yeah cool cool
0: all right let's uh move on to somebody else let's uh let's stay the same place
1: That's a guy i think you want to talk about right lonnie white jr yeah i mean he's he's been productive I don't think you can say that he hasn't. He's really, this is the first time he's been healthy in his professional career. And He's in 270 now. Good walk rate. The power's really been there. He's a big dude. He looks the part. I just don't know that I buy into the Lonnie White hype at this point. This There's a the guy that I think the strikeout rate's a bit concerning. Let me just pause you for a second. Go ahead. I don't think there's really much hype. First off, <laughs> there's a sector of pirates Twitter
0: that Listen, has a lot of Lonnie. Talk White. About that he still
1: has that bonus baby type of hype. Sure. No, no, I get this
0: though. Like what I'll say is I'm I'm back to being intrigued because I pretty much was writing off Lonnie White. I'm back to being intrigued because of numbers. But like again, like I, I guess let's put it this way: when you look at the numbers. They're pretty damn good. Like you said, he's batting 270, 408, 510. A 148 weighted runs grade plus in Bradenton at 20 years old. Like, he was behind the development, but 20 at Bradenton isn't, like, extreme. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, he has to be doing this. He's playing amongst kids. I mean, he's 20 years old himself. But to your point, so I'll let you speak, too. Like, you you see some flaws to so talk about.
1: Them. I think the big flaw, I just don't see the bad speed with him. I don't know that he's going to be able to catch up with a major league fastball. People yell at me about that. I just haven't seen it with him yet. And I think it's really been shown by the strikeout rate to this point. He's in Bradenton striking at a 28% clip. He's the type of guy to me that that's only really going to get worse. When I compare him to like a Tamar, you see the explosion in the swing. You see the athleticism. Lonnie White, just, he's, he's just a big lummox it looks like. He's just hitting the ball hard right now because everyone's throwing 88 miles an hour. I hope that somehow Lonnie White turns into a, a good prospect. I'm not rooting against the guy. I just don't see it with him, to be honest with you. That's just where I'm at with him.
0: Yeah. It's fair. It's absolutely fair. Um, you know, you said the strikeout rate is kind of concerning, 28% in Bradenton. Um I just feel like the injuries have been such a such a hamper to his career that I'll certainly give like this year is more or less like this is your first year of pro ball for the most sense. You know, before that, he played what? He played 11 games in two years, right? Basically a year and a half after the draft. So it's like this is your first year of pro ball. I'll kind of let you do what you need to do to get back into baseball. Um, and if what you're going to do to get back into baseball is a 148 hitter winner in creative plus, like that's a way to get back into it, you know? So I guess that's why I say like, there's, there's not a whole lot of hype with Lonnie white at this point in time, but I think like he's, he's definitely entering back into, you gotta watch this kid again next year. Kind of like I said, tomorrow I think next year is he'll be out of Bradenton, probably in, you know, Greensboro now. Mm-hmm. Let's see if he's, Still, this there's some developments or whatnot. Um, that's all I guess where I'm at.
1: Yeah, it's definitely wait and see mode with him. I'm just trying to project in the future that I don't, I'm not really getting too excited about him. That's fair. I mean, I joked that he was probably an injury away from being back in college football, and I think that that was real.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, cool, cool. All right, let's move out of Greensboro then, or Bradenton, I should say. Anybody else that you you want to talk about particularly? No. Oh no. Let's stay in Bradenton. Yeah. Paul Skeens, we didn't talk about Paul Skeens. Yeah. We, you, and I, and Jim did a show yesterday, live show, right with Paul. So that was his second start in Double A. Um, it wasn't like on podcast mode. If you want to hear us talk about him, watch the start live. You can see it on YouTube. But, yeah, let's talk. We don't have to do too deep. He only pitched two innings yesterday and one before, so it's three innings worth of Bradenton you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Paul Skeens, what do you think so far?
1: He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. I I don't want to, you know, we don't want to go around and talk about how great he is and po- post the numbers everywhere because he should be beating up on guys in Bradenton. Right. They're at a lower level than him. He was a one-one pick for a reason. He should be striking just about everybody out, and to this point, that's what he's doing. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, that's 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 really all I can say too. You know, you can't really go out there and say he's wild. Joe, it's been three innings in Bradenton and one in the complex league. <laughs> if you're talking yeah. Bradenton's low level, like the complex league. You're playing against seventeen-year-olds. Yeah. You should be
1: he's, doing that. He's basically playing high-level high school baseball right now. <laughs> basically, yeah.
0: So, I guess just just checking off the boxes. That, that's all. The one thing, though, to talk about him just in general, um, you know, we've we've stated how the Pirates said he'll probably pitch twenty or less innings. Channington came out yesterday and also mentioned like he won't get stretched out. So, I think you talked. We talked live on the show yesterday, like how much he'll get stretched out at each level. Doesn't seem that's going to be. Much of their concern. Um, It sounds like he will be in double-A. That's what it seems like we're hearing his next start. Um, And I think there's potential they want to see him in triple-A at the end of his his season this year. Um, But, yeah, so don't expect him to get stretched out, though. He's not going to probably go out there and pitch five innings at any start. Just kind of do his thing, finish out the year, whatever. But Paul Skeens is definitely a dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's the man amongst the <laughs> boys right now. Oh, yeah. All right. So I guess that's all we can really talk and say about him,
1: then, right? We just spent a half hour on a show about him yesterday. Sure. <laughs> um, so who else do you want to talk about? Thomas Harrington. Uh, yeah. I know that's your dude. Yeah, that's my dude. And I, For no reason, really, other than the fact that I just watched him a bunch of Campbell for some reason because I liked to gamble on college baseball that year. But. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And that's his, that's the big reason I know Zach Neto as well. <laughs> 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 but Go on, Thomas Harrington. He goes against pretty much everything that I think we've wanted at the Pirates to draft as a high upside arms. You're not going to get a guy with big velocity there. It's all basically pitchability with him, I think, and I think his floor is very high. He's not going to be a one or a two. I think his ceilings maybe be a three as an innings eater. But the amount of strikeouts that he's accumulating in the minors at this point is pretty encouraging. Um, he's It's not like he's out there looking like Quinn Priester with 91 mile an hour fastballs. There's, I think there's a little more in the tank with him. Um, he's a, another one of those guys that I think we could possibly see up next summer. Ooh, ooh, that's that's spicy with Harrington. Okay. I mean, I think if you think about it, he's at the very least is in double to start next year. Yeah, I mean, that. what you're saying is fair. And the way that the Pirates have gone through pitchers this year, especially. If Thomas Harrington would have started this year in double A, he would have been up back in probably May. Yeah, and I—I I honestly do think he's the type that he's not really going to get that much better, other than refining some things in the minors. He's not like a big high velo guy that you got to really hone in the command. You got to handle the walk rates. He's—he's he's just going to be a pitchability type of dude.
0: That's fair. And um, to your point, the strikeouts too—that's something that's kind of—I will say eye popping, but hey. Like what is going on here? Because yeah. yeah, and like, and so in high A, like he got promoted. We talk about him during the promotion. I know you're excited about the promotion, um, but so far in Greensboro, he's pick, pitched sixty nine point one innings, eighty five strikeouts, and with that, twenty walks. So, like, ERA wise, it's four point one five. Like, it's not as sexy as it was when he was in Bradenton, where it was like, hey Harrington, yeah. he's on, you know. Look out for him. But like it's certainly doable. And that's a hitter's league. And yeah. Like you look at everything else. I'm liking what I see from Harrington also. Like the performance wise, right? Like he's he's actually doing it on the field also. It's not just like what you project or <laughs> with a lot of guys like Quinn Priester. Oh, it'll come together. <laughs> like it's actually performing right now too. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, Harrington so far, so good. And like you said, probably gonna be in Altuna next year for sure. I'd be shocked
1: if he ends this year. There, he could. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know that it's certain, but I think it's a possibility.
0: Uh, I mean, hey, every other team was promoting everyone yesterday. Maybe the Pirates are going to do theirs today. They haven't made any announcements of like these big call ups. You know, Skeens will announce sometimes. So maybe today's going to be the big day for the Pirates. You know, they're always late. They are. Um,
1: <laughs> what did you say something I was reading the comments no nope, but I, I believe in Harrington a decent bit want to see him at a higher level though he is a college arm and another guy that should be kind of beaten up on this level of competition so I want to see him in double A
0: I'm with it I want to see everyone in double A
1: me too. What's
0: good guys today in double A. Let's go. That's it. Um, cool, cool. Well, another there's one more prospect that I really want to talk about. Going back to the complex league. We kind of ignored. And I do like to talk about some guys that we don't talk often of. You know, like tomorrow, like you said, like we were talking about every week, but it's been it's been a while, so we can bring it back up. Um, if there's your typicals, right, on the prospect list, But here's the guy's really not on a prospect list at all. Um He's hitting the ball very well in the complex league. Esmerlin Valdez. Uh, he was in the 2021 international signing class, um, the one with Polanco. And I guess the way I look at it, like he's a little old. Like he's 19 in the complex league, so it's not as it. Like he's the one, like he should be performing, right? But it's one of those things where, well, he is. We don't really talk about him let's talk about him because like, there's a little bit of intrigue there like he could essentially not be a prospect at all but right now in the complex league this year uh, 38 games he is hitting 321 380 537 you know like as advertised he had power right now he's showing some power so like six home runs in those 38 games striking out 22.7% of the time walking 8.7 which that's a real real drop from like what he's normally done also beforehand but pretty aggressive a lot of swing and miss to him, but like right now he's just tearing up the complex league. So you're talking about guys you want to see for like, I want to see him in Brandon like ASAP.
1: Also, yeah, 19 in the complex league's a little bit, a little bit old for there. Yeah, like big-bodied kid. Um, you can see he's projectable. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the swing and miss stuff. Ha- haven't really seen it in the complex league. The walk rate's been okay. You know, it it looks like a guy that it's time to push him to another level.
0: That's Romat, and what's what's funny is like you look at him the past few years. Like the first month that he starts has been absolutely garbage, <laughs> like to put it kindly. Um, and then he just heats up and goes on a tear. So not that it happened this year, but like his first year, his second year. So like you look at overall numbers, they're they're okay, but like he was a monster to finish out the seasons. Um, so, like, I'm I'm with you too. It's it's the complex league again right now. Uh, I want to see him push a little bit. Like, uh, there's maybe probably some like length his development if he's going to be a prospect. Because like right now he's not on any list. He's never really been really talked about that sense. So like, you're not going to see him as like a 22 year old in the majors probably. But no. <laughs> he is 19. You know, like let us I me mean, like us be 22 in Double A, <laughs> <laughs> right? But you know him being 19, like let's let's get him in Double A. You know, he had 33 games last year in the complex, 38 this year. He is 19. Let's get him a little more
1: age-appropriate.
0: See what he can do there.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's probably time to go to Bradenton. I'm with it. Cool, cool. Well, does that wrap up our, wrap up our prospect talk then? Yeah, I think we're good on that.
0: All right. Cool. Then let's get to this upcoming series. So, Pirates. I know. We got to talk about the major this, leagues. Now, this is going to be such a bad series. The Cardinals are coming into town. There's a battle for last place happening between the Cardinals and the Pirates. I joked a little behind the scenes, right? Connor and I did the post game on Saturday night, a little behind the scenes. We were talking about the Cardinals and and just Charrington in general. I know we're, I don't hate Ben Charrington. There's times I might say it because there's things that frustrate me. I don't hate him, but I'm not on board with Charrington. And this is going to be another losing season under his his record, right? But uh, what I think is going to be funny is there's potential the Pirates could be better than the Cardinals this year. And that's going to be Charrington's stamp. <laughs> that's how they're going to lead this fall off season. Charrington did it. He beat and defeated the Cardinals. This is the first time the Pirates were higher than the Cardinals in the standings. Charrington is cooking.
1: First time. So this is a big like series. years,
0: up. right? This is a huge series right now. Oh my god!
1: Sure, it is. Uh, it's going to be an ugly series. Hey, tell me why. Have you looked at the pitching matchups? This is a who's who of hodgepodge of nothingness. I mean, at least I guess the Cardinals guys have a little bit of name value, but they stink. And the Pirates are literally throwing stinkiness. So Thomas Hatch. I would assume he opens for Bailey Falter.
0: That's what I assume too. And I wonder by open, how many innings that that is. If they're gonna cause he's like semi-stretched like he's like a pseudo starter to a degree he has started right so is it like one inning is it two innings i would guess two but if it's bad one that's also fair but i I guess so part of it is like he's the starter just as much as brocky was yesterday uh but it's going to be falter which again falter we we have our reservations with anyways i don't so far, what I've seen, it's been very, very small. Like, I don't hate acting. And if it's just going to be used yeah. as an opener, like, whatever. That might help falter, whatever. The Cardinals pitching, though, isn't good. Also, like, as you mentioned as well. The one thing, like, if you look since post-trade deadline. No, actually, post-All-Star break. Their starters pretty much match up with ours. Their relievers pretty much match up with the Pirates as well. You know, like the pitching side has pretty much been just as abysmal as the Pirates. But what I will say, they've been absolutely crushing the ball, Tyler. So when you look to your point, right, when you look and say that the Pirates pitching hasn't been that strong, just like the Cardinals pitching hasn't been that strong. They
1: also don't have their horses for this this series either. No. No. it's, And I mean, I guess before last night, really, the Pirates were hitting the ball okay lately. Like, they were starting to put runs on the board a little bit. So maybe we're just in for a bunch of 10-9 games and a bunch of pitching changes, which is just going to be really fun to watch. Really, t- honestly, the only thing I'm keeping an eye on right now is I want to see Andy Rodriguez continue to hit and I really need to see Henry Davis turn around the plate.
0: Yeah. Aside Cabrian, from Brian, I don't care. If Cabrion can keep doing and playing, yeah. although the series wasn't too great, but if Cabrion's still kind of hot, if Reynolds can still maintain this, yeah, like, like Andy, I'm fine with. Henry is struggling mightily, though. Yeah. He has to turn it on at some point. But like going back to the Cardinals, right? Since uh, since the all-star break, the seventh best hitting team in baseball. A 119 way to runs created plus. Uh, like I said, this team is absolutely mashing. They just call up their top prospect too, Mason win. Um, I'm not saying like that to fear him. Like it's it's a rookie. It's yeah. also the Cardinals are doing kind of what you talked about. Right, giving him the time. So he could probably be on the opening day roster next year and try to get that draft pick like with Jordan Walker this year. Because the mm-hmm. Cardinals are forward thinking and they say we want draft picks. <laughs> but um what I just wanted to state also, like I said, talking about the team. Tyler. <laughs> Lars bar, a one eighty way to run plus since the all-star break. Like in just over a month's time, he's at Accumulated 1.9 war.
1: It's pretty impressive. The guy is
0: crazy good right now. Nolan Gorman. He's on the IELTS. Since the All-Star it? break, 160, way to runs created plus. They Wilson should. Contreras, 160, way to runs created plus. Tyler O'Neill, 139. Brendan Donovan, 129. Alec Burleson, 119. Nolan Arenado. This is how far down the list I'm getting to Nolan Arenado. Who's at a 117 and Paul Goldschmidt 112.
1: I- this pitching stuff doesn't have a hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, they should miss Nolan Gorman. I think he's on the IL.
0: Oh, is he? I must have missed that then.
1: But either way, that's uh. It's not going to be a fun day for Johan Oveidis <laughs> or no. Thomas Hatch. And or, you're right. Gorman is
0: on the IL, for the back.
1: So replace him with a pro- top prospect, and let's have fun. You already know
0: Lars Newbar just kills the Pirates.
1: Yeah. He's killing every team right
0: now. Like, how do you perform better than a 180 weighted runs created plus? Like he's batting 330, 431, 596. We're going to find out. He's coming <laughs> into PNC where he loves to eat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, the Cardinals can't pitch either. Uh, we got Drew Rom, I believe. This might be his debut. And it's Wainwright who has like a nine ERA. And it's Libator who is also just not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah prospect hasn't been pitching well, but like with Wainwright, he'll find a way. He's a vet. You know, okay, we It'll just Witness Dallas Keuchel do what he did with his 9 ERA to the Pirates. I'm okay. confident that Wainwright's going to find a way also.
1: That's very, very possible.
0: Very yeah. much so. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to go perfect through five or whatever, but like, I'm not going to be shocked if Wainwright
1: pitches well. No, I'm with you. Very, very possible. Yeah, I. You know, it, it's funny because
0: the Pirates played well against the Mets. They played well against the Braves. They played well against you know. And every time we've had a a, a preview, we've talked about they could they could win two out of three. I could see it. Tyler, I don't, I'm not saying that. I, I fear they're going to get swept. That's the sad
1: thing, though. This should be a series that you look at and say they should win two out of three.
0: That's what's crazy. This is the team that's in last place.
1: They might get swept.
0: Uh, There's yeah. a
1: very good shot. Very good shot. I would put money that they will get swept. I am saying I'm,
0: uh, my money is they take one. They find a way to take one. I don't know which game it's going to be. But they find a way to take one. Uh, But yeah, like this offense is just... It is clicking for the Cardinals right now. The Pirates decide when they want to have offense. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know, man. So I'm I'm saying one out of three of the series.
1: I think that's a pretty smart prediction.
0: Which at that point, now I think that would give the Pirates a half a game
1: on the Cardinals. If that means anything to anybody, it, it means absolutely nothing to me. I stop paying attention to that when they drop in the fourth place.
0: Yeah. Well, for those that might be paying attention to can the Pirates get the number one overall pick again? <laughs> it's, it's possible. That's true. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good deal. Anything else that you really wanted to talk about? Nope. No, sounds nope. good. Let's call it a day. Work. <laughs> Let's get the work. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching. Bye bye. Peace out Scouts.